The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. Welcome to yet another episode here at the KickPod Dojo. I am your host, Slash Sensei, TJ Williams, giving you the insert of my martial arts journey, as well as analyzing and discussing certain martial arts-based subjects. And as always, highlighting martial artists from around the world, ranging from movie actors to world-renowned martial artists, past, present, and future. Alright, so before I get on to my little episode, you know, a couple things happening that happened this past weekend. Of course, um, for those who are Eddie Murphy fans, um, Coming to America, the sequel came out um, last Friday, of course, on um, Amazon Prime. Of course, um, due to the uh, COVID-19 pandemic, um, of course, the theaters were closed, so definitely it was um, put on Amazon Prime, which was, um, it was pretty, it was good. <laughs> and, you know, really, it's real nice to actually see Eddie Murphy getting back to his um, multi, um, multi-role um, personality. You know, yeah, he did that in a lot of movies. You know, you got Coming to America, um, Nutty Professor, um, Vampire in Brooklyn, uh, Norbit, you know, he'd done a lot of those um, movies where he um, played multiple roles, um, he definitely played himself, but he played different, he played characters, you know, that was definitely one movie to remember, you know, you had the barbershop scene, you know, everybody's gonna remember Eddie Murphy, from Come to America, that barbershop scene, <clears throat> you know, you had those old, <laughs> and you know, the inside joke is like, really, if it's been like 30 years since the movie, you know, you got those bar- those old people, they, they, you thought they'd be dead already, but, you know, it's just, just the inside joke of, like, every movie, you know, really, and, yeah, just, like, a good storyline, of course, you got, well, I don't want to ruin it for you, but, um, you know, if you haven't seen the movie yet, um, get, um, Amazon Prime, and actually watch the movie, and you'll you'll see what I'm talking about. You know, if you're Eddie Murphy's fan, and uh, just um, of another another news, of course, um, this week, of course, we still celebrating um Women's History Month, and yet on Monday we had Women's Day. All right, it's just to put this out there, um, you know, you got so many women out there that's making an impact. You know, not making an impact in their own lives, but making an impact in others' lives. You know, really. You know, there's certain people or just there's certain men that would have doubts on women. You know, really saying women can't do this, women can't do that. Nah, and just to mention, I know Burger King decided that they want to want to do something. Well, of course, um, they apologized for the situation. You know, they put a, trend, a post on um, tw- Twitter saying that women belong in a kitchen, which, when I looked at that, that was really, I think that's quite disgust, disgusting, 
I mean, really, you know, that's just something that you don't want to tell somebody, a woman, you know, really, you know, there's women that, you know, definitely, let me bring this back, all right, going back to history, you know, that's how women were looked at, women that were just looked at as um, cooks or whatever, but, you know, that's not the way to look at women, you know, you know, women have an opportunity and everything in this world. You know, women fought for their, fought for the right, fought for an opportunity. And, you know, for people to just uh, um, bring down women, it's just like downright disgusting. You know, you just have to really have to give the opportunities. And let's let face, face it, you know, women became the leader of a lot of um, things out there, you know. You have, you know, basically from where I'm from, you know, women are, um, yeah, women, basically women are um, leaders of like pretty much fitness. Well, yeah, that's where I'm from, you know, when it comes to being a fitness instructor, the majority of fitness instructors are women, you know, I kind of feel like I'm stuck in the middle. You know, it doesn't make me a brown noser if I'm out there being a fitness instructor. You know, I being a fitness instructor is something that I really strive to be because it's something I can do. I mean, I could be like a bodybuilder or I could be a personal trainer. But, you know, I decided to be a fitness instructor because it's something that I can really get used to that I can handle versus doing something where I'm working one on one with somebody. I want to work with a group. You know, that's how I do it. So definitely just to reflect on that, this is not me buttering up to somebody. I can open my own doors, but, you know, you shouldn't be discouraged if there's a woman open a door for you. I mean, just walk through. It's your opportunity to a greater life. All right. Let's get on to this episode. You know, I got two things to talk about. One, you know, the history of women's self-defense, as well as um, another pioneer in martial arts, Chloe Bruce. All right. So once after I finish getting through women's self-defense, you know, I want to at least get through her, uh, Chloe Bruce's um, biography, her journey through martial arts. All right. Let's go back to let's go way back in history with women's self-defense, you know, not that. Women don't know how to protect themselves, you know. It's been known, like, before women's self-defense has been a thing that there's women that really knew how to fight. Now, you think of uh, Joan of Arc, a 16-year-old girl fighting for France. All right, and, of course, um, her sentence where she was burned at the stake. You know, And then, of course, you have um, somebody like Harriet Tubman. I mean, of course, a woman that pretty much went through going through slavery just to escape and one go through dangerous missions to bring people bring people to freedom all right so definitely that's another pioneer in women's like women defending themselves you know definitely definitely saying that women have a right to protect themselves you know and definitely you know there's certain no let's look at this way you know i rather have a woman that can protect herself as well as I can protect 
protect myself as too, you know, really. I'm not going to step in front of a woman that doesn't know what she's doing. Well, I'm not going to definitely step in a woman's way that knows how to protect her, herself, you know. All I would do is I want to treat a woman as a same as a normal person, you know. You don't treat women like they're toys or they're just a piece of garbage, you know. Women are people too. You know, I don't want to refer somebody for a woman. I want to refer them as a person, you know, just like any other celebrity. You know, I don't want to refer to them as someone that has money. I want them to refer to somebody that is a normal person, you know, a normal stranger. You say hi to them and you really get to know them. They have like laughs, you know, that's what I like to do. All right. So let's get to the whole history of women's self-defense. This goes back to the early 19th or 20th century. I mean, I was about to say 19th century, but that's like really long ago. All right. So really, this is the early 20th century. This, you're talking about really um, around the 1920s or even earlier than that. So this you're talking about World War One era. All right. So around this time, women were fighting for their rights, mostly their right, their rights to vote. All right, pretty much rights of everything that they want to do. You know, they didn't want to um, <clears throat> be the be the person to look that you look down to, and say that um, you can't do this, you can't do that. You belong in the kitchen. You making babies? Yeah, you know. Around this time, you got men that were the breadwinners all right in other words and you know women were weren't out there making money i mean you're either home like doing cooking cleaning and washing the clothes and taking care of the babies you were a housewife but nevertheless you got that would probably make you vulnerable of like certain people that want to, uh, to attack you Alright, so this is where things really get interesting. Alright, so around this time, around the 1920s, you know, you had two things, two type of sports th uh, that were um, considered self-defense. You had boxing and wrestling. And of course, you had, you had boxing pretty much going to the to 20s. You know, you, mostly you could just beat somebody down if you knew boxing. And then of course, wrestling. I mean, you had the amateur Olympic-style wrestling. like, And also you had, of course, um, around that time you had professional wrestling. Or it's just a sports entertainment type wrestling. But yet, um, in this case, you know, the, um, women were definitely targeted around that time. All right? You either got beat up or... You know, you either got killed, and you know, women's violence were like really becoming a big, um, big issue back then. But you know, it's, it was starting around the twenties, the first wave of women's right movements. That women's self-defense was enacted toward not only physical empowerment, but um, the discussion of the reality of violence against women. All right, so. Here's where things get interesting. You know, judo or jiu-jitsu. 
became very popular with women. All right, so in this case, uh, you had, um, of course, um, jujitsu was mostly popular in the military, like mostly United Kingdom, uh, the United States, uh, France, pretty much almost throughout the world. That's was the military's training uh, was um, judo. All right, and then of course, uh, American women would get really um, interested. After seeing, after seeing newspapers of um, newspaper articles of women of uh, using self-defense against their tormentors, and mostly tormentors would be strangers off the streets or even your own husband. Okay? so it was real interesting that um, you had these women learning self-defense. Right, and this would pretty much elevate through the 60s, the 70s, and even the 90s, when would went they would witness the emergence of the second and third wave of feminism, and the rebirth of a more broader women's self-defense movement, and that would mean, you know, getting into not only judo but you know there's other certain martial arts out there. Of course, uh, yeah. Around this time, you had pretty much around this time you had um, other martial arts styles um, reaching out America. Of course, you had Tank Sudo, Taekwondo. All right, you had Shotokan. Mostly, that's like the responsibility of um, um, people that served in the um, U.S. or served in the army or served in the, um, served in the military that they would. Um, go to Korea and they will learn martial arts that they learn how to fight and they would bring that back to the US and you know they would teach women self-defense you know um, from here you know I don't I don't mind teaching a woman how to protect herself you know I'd rather have a woman protect herself other than like treat her like she's like less than less than a man you know, really, we want this to be equal opportunity. You know, any woman has a right to protect themselves. You know, really. And just to be honest, you know, I like to fool around a lot. But, you know, when it comes to messing around at a woman's expense and make her feel uncomfortable, you know, there's a limit. You know, you have to stop. You know, don't be that type of idiot that, you know, you have to be respectful with um, how women feel. You know, if women feel uncomfortable, you know, you have to be that person to back off and understand that that woman and doesn't feel good. You know, really, what I see, I pretty much if I see it, then I have to ask, is everything all right? You know, I want to be respectful. You know, really. You know, there's a lot of women out there that, you know, are just like either was born in a family that were like tough on them you know you either have like tough parents a tough mother a tough father you know you get beat up a lot you know women get traumatized and you know it's sickening you know and that really that just really gets women to say that you know enough is enough you know i want to be able to protect myself and not have to deal with the crap that has to, that has been put on me, you know, and it's kind of disgusting to think that, you know, 
women that get raped, rape, get raped every day, and it's just, it happens, and it's disgusting, you know, you really have to be that person that is being obnoxious to know when to stop, but you know, there's people around here that just don't know when to stop, it's just, it's just disgusting, right, so really getting into it, all right, so really, if there's any women that want to really learn how to protect themselves, you know, you have an opportunity. All right. Really opportunity to protect yourself and really know what to do in a dangerous situation. All right. A knife can point it at you. All right. And then you know how to handle somebody getting attacking you from behind. Or really get an opportunity. Probably the one style that you probably could learn is Krav Maga. All right. So really, it's definitely one thing you can learn how to really attack. Yeah, really. And definitely there's a lot of women that I see on Instagram or really um, showing demonstrations of how to take somebody down. All right. So just to tim timber down of um, women's self-defense, I want to get into um, a pioneer of... Um, pioneer of um, martial arts another pioneer chloe bruce of course um probably one thing i would know about her she's uh she has a real she's really flexible well really she's like pretty much the female bruce lee that's how i put, pretty much put it like that all right just let's get back to the beginning of um let's get to the beginning of um chloe bruce you know before chloe bruce was Chloe Bruce? I mean, of course, uh, being born October fifth, nineteen eighty-three, she beat me by two years. <laughs> All right, and um, of course, being born and raised in uh, England, um, you, well, British, the United Kingdom in England. You know, she started her journey within martial arts at the tenor of eight years old. You know, probably I could say that's three years before I started. Or should I say that's like under three years before I started, I started when I was 11. You know, really only after only a year of training, I it was like she was thrown deep into the competing in the British championships. You know, of course, uh, of course, she didn't make the um, British team that year. Of course. Yeah. Of course, I guess um, she was um, in her nine year nine years old and trying to make it the British team, you know. However, it was a huge determination and motivation, you know, and you get inspired to make your dreams come true. That's what she said. And then this is just reading a little biography of um, Chloe Bruce. You know, it was in at 12 years old in 1996, you know, she got on the British team. I mean, yeah, that was pretty much you got a four year span that you really trained hard to get on the um, British team. You know, you competing in the um, world championships, and you know you trained hard all year for a world championships. That's the thing, you know. Compared to training, just uh, be a martial artist and train to be a world champion. You know, you dream less as a martial artist, but when you train for like world competition, you know you have to train all year long. Yeah, you know, for like our convention, 
you know, you got those top people always trading all year long and not thinking about anything else, you know, and it becomes like, it becomes a living. Hey. And, you know, you went on one vision. Hey. And then you went on to be a world champion. Hey. Hey. And then, of course, the following year, I mean, the following years, you got Chloe becoming a hot, hot material. You know, she wins more, many more um, titles, and at the age of thirteen, she has already, she was already a world champion. I mean, her pretty face and fantastic kicks appeared on many magazine covers, and Chloe invented her trademark move, the scorpion kick. You know, of course, you know you have. Um, Cynthia Rock, Cynthia Rothrock, and her are very known for that scorpion kick. But usually, Chloe Bruce is unique. I mean, due to her flexibility, I mean, she, she kicks from right behind. That's how good her scorpion kick is. I mean, I mean, of course, you got Chloe Bruce. Now uh, she was. Now she's a fourth degree in. Tanks and in, in um, twice well of course in tanks to do, well which is um similar to my style at least an incorporation of my style and you know she's highly skilled in kickboxing, freestyle, martial arts and gymnastics. I mean you got over the years you got so many titles under her belt. Of course she's overall kata champion. From 2001-2002, uh, French Freestyle and Weapon Champion in 2001. Of course, she's from 1998, 1998 to 2000, the Sweden Freestyle Champion. 1999, Traditional Freestyle and Weapons World Champion. 1998, Traditional World Freestyle and Weapons world champion 1997 the traditional and freestyle champion 1996 traditional and freestyle champion and many more freestyle well, freestyle traditional weapons champions titles throughout the late 90s and late in the early 2000s in the WKA and the W W A K O and in the um, F S K championships, uh, you know the head. Well, out of all those, um, I mentioned it has to be like karate organizations. Hey, you look at all these accomplishments, and I guess her big, her big um, talent would be kata. Uh, you got freestyle martial arts, mostly that's open form, and then of course you had um, weapons. So definitely that kind of um it kind of mirrors um um Cynthia Rothrock's um accomplishments. Of course, she was the world champion in Kata and um Kata in weapons. So that pretty much makes her the big star too. And of course, uh and it wasn't until after two thousand Chloe became even a bigger star. You know, she traveled the whole world to appear in various demo teams she worked with um daniel um 
with, with Daniel Sterling. Sterling you got Daniel Sterling, and you got Mike Chat's um ex Extreme Martial Arts, Extreme Martial Arts, yeah, um, demo team. Yeah, I remember Extreme Martial Arts. You know, you're gonna see a lot of tricking. For those who don't know what tricking is, of course, um, you're incorporating martial arts with gymnastics. You know, you'll see that in movies. You know, now of course, um, you know, I wish I'd get back to tricking. You know, that of course, when I was in shape ten years ago, I was able to do almost everything that Dave did. You no, know, probably not as excellent, but you know, I was pretty much good at that. You know, you had Chloe Bruce appearing on music videos, um, and she. And then it wasn't until in 2003 she become a professional actor. All right, so definitely, yeah, you'll see her in um, different acting, different like um, into the movies. You go, you got Guardian of the Galaxy. Yeah, you had, of course, uh, Star Wars, Blade Runner. Um, you had Thor. I mean, of course, yeah, you'll see her in movies, but you'll see her as a stunt woman. Of course, that's how she got into the f movies, is um, doing stunts, of course. And then that's pretty much her. Well, definitely, you say you never take it lightly. You know, you want to make sure you know what you're doing when you're doing um, doing stunts. All right, yeah, that's probably probably the one person I would like to meet too. Probably I wouldn't want to fight, but you know, yeah, yeah, it's one thing that you don't want to do is like fight somebody that's a world champion. All right, so really, so let's kind of get into the interview. You know, I kind of looked at some of kind of like a, a article of her getting interviewed. You know, it starts with um, Chloe. How? What got you interested in martial arts, and what style did did you do first? Of course, it says originally from this is her words. Originally, I started training, you know, following the footsteps of my of my dad and brother. Of course, I guess her brother and dad were martial arts and martial arts. You know, the style they were training in was tank sudo, and which is a Korean martial arts. And you know, I went along to speculate spectate a few times and soon after you know I asked my parents if I could join also you know that's fine that's the thing you know you're you become a spectate of some things you know you of course yeah we watch we watch sports football um, baseball soccer basketball tennis you know even martial arts you know, even pro wrestling, you you know, you spectate a couple of times. You know, that pretty much happened with me. You know, I became a spectator of um, martial arts, and you know, I end up joining. And it's the same thing with pro wrestling. You know, I become I've been spectating for years. You know, since I was a kid, and then it get got to the point where I became a professional wrestler, and it got it got me into it. That's for that's how you get into it, become a spectator. You want to try it. All right, here's another question. Of course, uh, you won your first um, world champion at such a young age. How does it feel and how do, did it, that compare to winning the world champions later in your life? You know, and here goes. You got my first world title was always will always have been 
will have a special place in my heart. I was a complete underdog and went into the worlds into the worlds with no expectation other than to compete to the fullest potential I knew I was fully capable capable of. In the preliminary round I was actually went I actually went through qualifying in fourth place. I think the pressure got it to me as I forgot my routine and a freestyle I, I freestyled it pretty pretty much from the word go. So that's the thing about freestyle, you know. You're gonna forget things, you know. That's the thing about freestyle. Either you plan it or you play it by ear. So that usually happens. If you forget something, then you kind of got to play it by ear and kind of bounce back. You don't stop. You know that's the thing about people when they're doing their forms. You know you. I usually want to teach these students that you got trained to know your stuff. You know you got trained to own it. It belongs to you. You know if you don't train to own it, then you're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna forget things. And, you know, it, some things it don't get to reach the kids. You know, that's because, you know, one thing with kids, we want to get them away from the technology. You know, you had to realize that the technology is not going to help you progress further. You know, it's only going to, like, make you feel weak. Or definitely, it's not going to, it's not going to, it's going to give you, it's going to make you distracted. Put it that way, distracted. You know, the more you get distracted with technology, the less it'll draw you away from the most important things in life. Okay, and then it come come down, and it comes down to this, you know. And then you, and she says, however, being the determined little girl I was, I now knew I had the potential to get a place on the pro podium. Now, over the next few days, I dug down, I dug deep within and kept focus on the end goal i performed my heart out as it was as if my body took over i couldn't hear anything other i couldn't hear anything other than my music i couldn't see anything and end up winning the under 16 world champions championships at just 14 years 14 years old feeling of standing on the podium listening to my national anthem whisp my parents in the um <laughs> what's the <laughs> yeah she was cheering whisp my parents were in the audience crying tears of happiness was a memory i will never ever forget of course yeah that gets the world championships world championships after that 1996 were would never were never the same i was beat i was the one i was the one to beat i had something to lose and i had no choice but to stay on top of the game so training training became harder and competition were a lot more stressful you know i learned to how to control my nerves and turn them into a good energy and from that moment on i was addicted i wanted to stay on top you know that's the thing about being a, a world champion you know you train so hard out there and you kind of forget everything else 
you know, you forget your life and, you know, you know, you want you you have a reputation as a world champion. You want to stay on top. You want to train hard to keep that title. All right. So with with Coley Bruce, you know, probably the whole thing probably took a toll on her body. But, you know, you know, that's what hard training is going to do. You know, if you train hard, you tr you train hard to the point where your body can't take it. Then, you know, that then you're good. Then there's chances are you're going to extremely hurt yourself. So you know you want to train, you want to train hard, but you want to train to not to hurt yourself. All right. Well, let's see. Let me see what else we can talk about. You know, I'm looking looking at the interview that she has. All right, so, oh, here's something. All right, so here's a question. All right, martial arts is obviously obviously a passion of yours, but what has kept you focused and driven, and and driven to achieve such high accolades over such a long period of time? What recommendations could give could you give for staying focused? And here's what's how she answers change some people hate it but i love it for me changing up my training methods changing paths slightly changing up my food intake changing and moving my end goals is all what keeps me motivated and driven if not i get so <clears throat> i guess i guess she gets so nervous or gets so um stressed out and that doesn't sit well with me and i love learn i love learning and evolving within within my studies you know sometimes i lose focus for a moment rather that be on a certain training plan or career or a career path or new study I leave that where it is, and I start fresh with something new and exciting. Then I go back to the previous as, eh, previous as, and when I feel ready, and when I have a full concentration back, I have my full concentration back to do so. Then. Oh, man. <clears throat> Excuse me, my throat was messing up. That has always been the way I avoid losing focus for a long time. I love change. I embrace it, and I excite, and it excites me. So that brings us to a good point. You know, if you know, if you don't change your routine or you don't change yourself, you know, things are not gonna get better. You know, that's the thing. It's kind of like a game changer. You know, you feel that if one thing is not working, then you have to change it up. You know, that's the thing. You can't just do the same thing for the rest of your life and think that's going to be going to be like, OK. You know, I know there's a lot of people that haven't seen it. But, you know, with the with the elevate with the evolution of technology, you know, if you decide to post your videos online, you know, there's going to be people out there that's going to see it. You know, either they're going to use it against you or use it to enhance your ability. You know, 
You know, there's always people out there looking for the person to beat to be a world champion. And yet, you have you know, Chloe Bruce really being the like pioneer of martial arts. And yet, of course, that, I mean, you know, you got certain martial artists that keep try to keep it to themselves. But, you know, it gets to the point where, you know, you want to. You want to be out there helping people, right? And you want to be able to do um, do a lot for people, you know. And here's like another question um, to um, like a, she would give advice to um, young dream chasers. You know, you got Chloe. Have you achieved so you achieved so much in your life? What advice could you give young dream chasers? No, I would say that, well, here's her, she quotes, I would say that the most important, the most importance of small, steady goals are so powerful. Sometimes your end vision can get so overwhelming that in doing so, it actually slows you down. Instead, I would know that, know what the end goal is what the end vision is put it in the back of my mind and attack it and attack it in daily and weekly small steps that is how i have achieved all my have achieved all my success and more and let's move it on here and the other thing is to believe in yourself don't let anybody dim your lights and always know that continued small steps will keep you on the right path. Life is totally what you make it, make of it. You know, sometimes I have periods whereby I I am <clears throat> so unproductive with my business. However, I am becoming productive as a mother, as a mom instead so i think so i think we have we just need to learn how to <clears throat> prioritize and realize that priorities change and going back to my early answer the change is change is good embrace it oh yeah i guess being i guess from her being a world champion to being a mother I guess you know you have to have a life. Right, so of course, um, you know, really if you know of course if you have children, you know, you, you have to make certain I know you have to make certain compromise and sacrifices, but you know, of course, being a mother, you have kinda of have to kinda of separate yourself from being a world champion. And I guess that's where it gets to her project, you know. Of course she has the um Chloe Bruce Academy, which is um, an online martial arts and flexibility academy. Of course, yeah. Here goes. Hmm, let me get to this. All right. So let me read about her um, freestyle um, academy. Let me see here. See if I can find. Yeah. So definitely, and definitely, she says it in her website. Uh, with the birth of um, the Chloe Bruce Academy. 
you know, I wanted to create a worldwide platform to teach others and give back to the sport in a way in which I couldn't have, I didn't have to travel constantly to teach and empower, you know. So in 2018, I qualified as a third level personal trainer and in 2019 as a yoga instructor with even more knowledge under my belt and my second child George being born I decided now was a great time to set up my worldwide training platform so I so in January 2019 the Chloe Bruce Academy was born I wasn't looking back I have taught hundreds of thousands of people from beginners to professionals to actors to actresses. I have seen firsthand the problems that students have have had to overcome to overcome and what to overcome and what it takes to train someone to world class level. So yeah. That's definitely something I probably would like to do one day, you know, get a seminar from Chloe Bruce. You know, definitely, of course, being busy, being a mother and having this, you know, I guess, of course, she don't plan on doing any more traveling. But, you know, it would be a nice thing to actually meet Chloe Bruce and really learn, learn at least how to be a better competitor. You know, I don't plan on being a world champion. You know, I have trophies under my belts. But, you know, I'm not out there to prove to be the best. You know, I'm knowledgeable of what I do. You know, I'm an instructor. I'm teaching kids, like, how to work hard. You know, being an instructor is a tough deal. But, you know, I have, I definitely, definitely teach these kids, you know, how to work, how to be better hard workers and how to be the best martial artists in the world. So, definitely looking at Chloe Bruce being the pioneer, you know, being a pioneer of Women's History Month and women's self-defense, it really helps. Really helps to build myself as a martial artist. You know, really just looking at these women. And, you know, of course you have Cynthia, who I talked about last week or last episode. You know, definitely she has her, definitely has her accomplishments, as same as Chloe Bruce. You know, the movies and the um, compete, the competition. You know, it's definitely good to hear about these women and really what they've done to really make an impact in this world. Okay, alright, so that does it with my episode. You know, I was, it was a great pleasure and opportunity to talk about women's self-defense and how that went and talk about Chloe Bruce. You know, definitely, there's no way I'm not going to do that scorpion kick. You know, I don't have the flexibility to take my leg right behind me and kick somebody right in front of me. But um nevertheless, it's a wonderful episode. And um to tune in to my previous episodes, I mean tune in to the BICBPRadio.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And I'll see you next time for another episode here at the Kickbot Dojo. This is your sensei, TJ Williams, bowing you out.
right, guys. We've been in this haunted house for like 15 hours. And if we want to get home to our favorite food and pornography, we're going to have to come up with a plan. Hey, why don't we try leaving through one of those spooky looking doors? Wait, whoa, whoa. Doors? Like an exit door? Yeah, maybe we should get on that. Hold on a second. These doors are labeled. This one says Dracula on it. And this one says Beware Zombies. That's probably the exit. And the last one just says Nekagrima. Mm, tough call. Mm. I got an idea. On three, we're going to open them all at once. All right, let's do it. Ready? One, one two, three. <laughs> oh, hello there. Damn, that's, that's scary. scary. Damn, that's scary is our new favorite podcast where we talk about all things horror. Tune in to get the latest horror news, long form movie reviews, and all kinds of other scary shit. Mummies, wolfmen, vampires, chupacabras, lizard people, impolite Canadians, we do it all. So if you like horror podcasts, and we know you do, check out Damn That Scary, new episodes every week. And remember, keep it spooky.